0: It's a great pleasure to be here. I'm excited to be here. Um, I love to say that wherever there are brothers and sisters, with the name of Jesus, that is my father's house. So I feel very welcome, and I feel very much at home. Um, As has been said, my name is Daniel, um, and I'm a child advocate. I've been working for Great Ministry, Compassion International, for the past 14 years. Um, My compassion journey started in 2009, in a lovely country in West Africa called Ghana. Um, So I worked in the Compassion Ghana office for seven years before relocating to this beautiful country, the UK. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's been seven years as well here in the UK, so it's been 14 years of compassion for me. And doing this work, I find it a great privilege, a great honor to be able to serve in this way in a ministry like Compassion. Now for those of you who've never heard about Compassion, Compassion is a Christian child development ministry, ministering to over 2 million children across the globe as we speak today. Now poverty is, is a big thing in, in our world today, as, as I speak to you today there are over 4 million children living in extreme poverty. Now Compassion as a ministry, um, we are a Christian de- development ministry and we work solely with churches, so we are currently in 27 countries around the the globe and we partner with local churches in those countries where we work to identify the neediest of the needy children um, so we can make the most impact, help them, come alongside their families and help them to give them a path out of poverty. I'm delighted to be here to share on the theme, being a member of the Kingdom of God. When, when Peter shared that with me to say that that's a theme you're talking on for the rest of the year's life, was like, that's amazing that's, that's amazing and that should be the theme I believe in our hearts all year round because as believers whether we like it or not we are members of the kingdom of God Amen. from January to December <laughs> it doesn't stop and that is why I find it interesting it's not a bad thing to say, but I find it a little bit interesting when I hear professionals say, oh, I'm quitting my job, I'm going into full-time ministry. I hear that very often. I'm like, "What? what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> if, if God has called you to be an accountant, that's your full-time ministry. If God has called you to be a lawyer, um, that's your full-time ministry. If God has called you to be a preacher, that's your full-time ministry. You don't quit your job in the hospital to go and become a vicar, to be in full-time ministry That's not how I thought. That's my little opinion, brothers and sisters. Um, but being a member of the kingdom of God calls us to embrace a set, um, a set of values that reflect the very nature of God. So things like love, compassion, forgiveness, humility, and selflessness become the guiding principles of our interaction with others. So everyone we come in contact with in every aspect of our lives we show these qualities as members of the kingdom of God, isn't it? That is why I believe that being um, a member of the kingdom is a full-time ministry of itself. Whether you are working or not you are in full-time ministry. I mean, being a member of the kingdom of God it means understanding that Each person we encounter is or can become a fellow citizen of the kingdom and therefore deserving of dignity and respect. Jesus, you know, and I'm very grateful that this morning it was prayed, one one person prayed that Jesus and God share some of these things with us through parables that Jesus told when he was here on earth. And this morning I'm going to share with us a parable Um, A parable from the book of Luke um, Luke chapter number 10 verse 25 to 37 Um, So Jesus in a response to a question that was put to him by a lawyer this question was put to Jesus to test him but then for me I think that person, unknowing to him was trying to test Jesus that he was asking Jesus to give me an answer to a question that I will have many, many, many years after that conversation. So I'm grateful for that man for asking that question, even though his intentions were not very good. <laughs> I'm very grateful for him uh, for asking that question. Jesus explains in the parable, and uh, I know we've not read, we've not done any reading this morning, but the passage is found in the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37, night. Don't intend to read it because I believe we all have Bibles and we probably are familiar with the parable of the Good Samaritan as well. So I'm going to go straight into sharing some some thoughts with us this morning. Jesus responds to this gentleman who, in his opinion, is an expert in the law. So he expected from the way Jesus answered this gentleman. He expected that this man would know the law inside out. And in our walk with Christ, sometimes it feels as though we are expected to know the Bible as Christians. But sometimes we have questions, we have doubts on our mind, isn't it? And Jesus shares this parable with this man to point him back to what God intended with the law that he was inquiring about. In the parable that Jesus tells, Jesus tells of a a man who was traveling on a journey and he got attacked by armed robbers. This man was attacked and was beaten and left half dead, the Bible says. But then there are three gentlemen who came along that same path as this man who had been beaten. And three characters in this picture that Jesus seeks to address and to help us understand what God's heart is for people who are broken, people who are vulnerable. The first person who came by happens to be an expert of the law as well, an expert of what the Bible says. At the time they didn't have the Bible, but permit me to use the the word Bible because that's what we use today. Jesus expected that this person would know what the law teaches. But this man, being a priest, decided to look the other way. And from what I've read, from the research I've done, he had a very good reason in his own, in his own estimation. And that begs me to ask, what would be my reason why I will be on that journey if I was half-priest and look the other way and not help the gentleman? For me, I think I'll be thinking of fear. Fear that I'll be the next person to be attacked because this person was traveling on that same road and he was attacked by people. So I'll be in a hurry to leave that path before I'm attacked by those same people who attacked him. Sometimes, as believers, we allow fear to get in between us and what God is trying to call us to do. And we allow fear to cloud our judgment so much so that the voice of the Lord does not seep through into our hearts and into our minds. And it robs us of the very essence of God's presence on earth. Because we are the hands and legs of God here on earth. He's called us to walk on this path because He wants us to be the the agent of change here on earth. The second gentleman, who also is, is a worker in the church, permit me to say saw this gentleman and looked the other way and said, well, he's not my problem. Someone else will come and attend to him. Sometimes, I'm sure it's the same the same reason that he had. Probably was afraid. I don't want to deal with this. Perhaps I don't have the time. Have you been in a place where you feel God is calling you to do something, but you feel there's so much going on right now in your life? So much going on with my finances. So much going on with my time that I don't think I have the time or sometimes you think I don't have the skills to be the one for God to call for this assignment and I feel honored and very blessed to be able to stand in front of you to speak about the Word of God because of where I've come from I didn't expect that God would work in me what he's done with my life after this point for me to be in a country like this English is not my first language but to stand in front of English speakers, native English speakers, to articulate the words of God in this way. I I, I never would have imagined God would use me in such a way. So it's really a blessing and an honor to be able to stand in this place to do this.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Let me encourage you brothers and sisters in the Lord, that if God calls you, he you knows you're the right person for the job. He's going to equip you, He's going to come through and make sure He provides everything that you need to be on your way. There's been so many times that brothers and sisters in the Lord have given the excuse that I don't think I'm qualified to stand in that space and do what God is calling me to do. But I've seen people starting started off by shaking in front of congregations, their knees knocking on each other. <laughs> But eventually God brings them to that point where they build up the confidence to talk and to share the word. I've seen people going out there, they congregate in a church building, they say, we are going out today to evangelize. And they are, yes, let's go and do it. And then they get out there. As people are speaking to others, they are going the other way because they are so terrified. They can't stop people on the street to speak to them about Jesus Christ. They don't know what the response is going to be, they don't know how people are going to respond to them. So it terrifies them. So they look very far away. Poor Jonah did the same. I'm not going to go and do this, God. But the one man, the third man in this parable, Jesus talks about, the Samaritan, who has become you know a big thing when it comes to studying, you know, scriptures. This is the man who had all the reason not to attend to this gentleman who was lying after. He had all the reason in the world. Because the, the Jews and the Samaritans, they didn't really, they had a thing going. So, I mean, they wouldn't, he, would, he had all the reason. But he said, let me stop. Because this person lying there could be anyone. It could be anyone at all. It could be a rich man, it could be a poor man, it could be a very influential person, it could be someone who has very little influence in the sphere of society, it could be someone who is, you know, it could be anyone. So let me go and have a look. And then he went and had a look. This man was moved in his soul when he saw him. He took pity on him, he did not close his eyes to the need like the others did. But he approached and said, what can I do to help this man? You know, loving God with everything means allowing him to touch our emotions and saturate our souls with compassion so that when we speak or when we see broken humanity, the love of Christ will well up in us and move us to action. Praise God. That is what this Samaritan did. He stopped everything, he allowed his journey to be interrupted by this man who was half-dead. He he knew this man was not going to be able to give him anything. Because he was named there, he could help himself, he would have helped himself a long time ago, so there was nothing to be gained here. But he said, I'm going to interrupt my journey, I'm going to stop for this man and go and help him. So he stopped. He does not think of his time, he does not think of his own risk or being attacked, but he stopped for this man to go and see what was happening. And he did not stop there. He chose to see the need. But the second thing he did, he decided to respond to the need. It wasn't enough for him to go and have a look and then to dress the wound of this man that has been beaten. It wasn't just enough for him. It was like, I need to do more. I can't dress his wound, bandage him and leave him there. That will not be any good. I'm going to bandage his wound, I'm going to pour oil on him and I'm going to take him with me on my journey to find someone suitable that he'll get treatment and he'll get help that he needs. Mm-hmm. Now the thing about compassion that is it comes at a cost and I'm sure all of us here one way or the other we know this because we are giving so much. I know we are giving country It comes at a cost. It will either cost you your time or your money or something else. That is what happened in the case of this man. But mind you, Jesus, the one telling this parable, was actually telling of his own story of what was about to happen. Jesus had left his glory as king of kings to take the form of humanity to come and die on the cross so that you and I would have life and have it in abundance. That is what he came to do for us. So in many ways, this parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus was sharing about his own story and inviting us into that story as the Good Samaritan to respond to the needs of those who are vulnerable and in need of support around us. Can I encourage you today? Don't give up that you sponsor a child when times are hard because sometimes when times get tough I know a lot of people were made redundant during COVID and afterwards and the impact of COVID we are feeling it even as of today and sometimes there is a challenge to consider what can I cross off my budget to make things a bit easier for me one of the things I first go off is the gym membership (laughs) because we hardly ever use it anyway
1: (laughs) And then we start
0: looking at things that we can cross off. And if you're not careful, you say, well, I'm not really getting the connection that I want to get with this child anyway. Sometimes it's, it's difficult, but yeah, let me encourage you, do not cancel that sponsorship. But then the, the third thing the Samaritan did, he, he, he refused to give up. He never gave up on this man. So he put him on his donkey, he rides with him, and takes him to an inn. And he presents him to the innkeeper and says, please take good care of my friend. Spend whatever it is you need to spend on him. And when I come back, I'm going to give you more money to cover his expenses. Mind you, we are giving some money before he left. Bible scholars tell us that he gave two days wages. Now, can I ask you, as a sponsor, how many hours of work is going into your sponsorship? For some of us, it could be two days as well, wages that we give into sponsorship in every month. For some of us, it probably will be a few hours in a day that you're committing to sponsorship. I'm trying to paint a picture to put it in proper perspective for us. I know some young girls, they don't have a job, but they said to their parents that we love to have a friend in Africa and we think being a sponsor is a way to do it they try to raise funds because they are not working they are are children they sell lemonades they save from their pocket monies, and that is how they build a port to sponsor a child on a monthly basis because they know they understand that there is need out there and they are receiving all that they need as children sometimes not everything they need but they are getting the very basics Um, to cover their education and everything. So this man gives two days of his wages to say, go and take care of my friend. I'll come and I'll bring you more wages to care for him. Jesus is inviting us as members of his kingdom to be mindful of the people around us who I need. And I'm not saying this to criticize anyone. I'm saying this to encourage us because I know as a country, our hearts are good, and we're always responding because the world looks up to the United Kingdom to be in the gap, um helping people who are in need. And for us of compassion, we know that the church has God's mandate to go out there in the communities, in the societies, to minister to these people. Places where big organizations will not go to because it's not profitable for them God has called the church to be in those places and I'm not saying this to the shame of any big organization because those big organizations some of them they fund the work of the churches and so they are in many ways responding to the call of God in those societies and those communities helping the vulnerable out of poverty. It's important for us brothers and sisters in the Lord that we are reminded this morning of this parable that Jesus tells. He invites us with this parable to show love, to show compassion and never waver in our deeds, in our giving. Jesus invites us to be exactly like him because it is costly. Because God, his first son, his only begotten son to come and die a shameful death on that cross so that someone like me, it's personal for me, so that someone like me will be saved and have a place with the Father when he comes. Being a member of the kingdom of God invites us to participate actively in the work of building a better world. It's not a passive membership, but a call to be agents of positive change. Whether through acts of kindness, social justice advocacy, or simply spreading love and understanding, we are all called to be ambassadors of God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. And I sincerely hope you prayerfully consider helping us find a sponsor for each other this morning. God bless you.